Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of season two of the Half Alive podcast. Yes, season two. We are the Law and Law Brothers, and we are back. Mm-hmm. My name is Law. I'm a former Hollywood actor who still gets residual checks for up to 88 cents. And my name is Law. I am a former published writer who would love to make 88 cents again on anything I've written. And now we're in Schenectady. Yes, another season in Schenectady, New York. Oh, yay. Our podcast is for people like us who didn't achieve their major career goals, but haven't given up on still reachable dreams as we cross the threshold of old age. Yes, in other words, we failed and now we're moving beyond failure. So we share our experience as artists who are, in our case, perennially down on their luck. Which may have something to do with our being 60-year-old juvenile twins with more than a few career, financial, and size challenges. We're juvenile twins. like juvenile diabetes. <laughs> juvenile twins. We've never quite matured out of our, our immaturity, did we? But we're still you know, twins. We were, and we were born facing each other. <laughs> we came out at the same time and we were facing each other. They had to pry our faces apart. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, no wonder mom and dad hated us. Well, <laughs> I don't understand. I Well, I should say I really kind of like that um, euphemism, size challenged. We are size challenged adults. It's so much better yeah, than fat, well. don't you think? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can you imagine anybody in our family when we were growing up, instead of calling us, you know, names, they'd say, oh, my two sons are very size challenged. <laughs> <laughs> They were always, they were always woke, weren't they? Oh. Yeah, we come from a woke family. The mom never called us fat. She was like, no. she was like too nice. She, she just would. insinuated like. Don't get a double chin. You'll never get dates in high school. And she was right. And I worry about your hearts not being broken every single day, just yeah. not beating. Yep. That she, well, she, her heart was in the right place, right? Till, till, till she kicked. And the yeah. thing is, La, when I look back at photos of us as kids, we weren't fat. Oh, my God. We were so fat. Oh, come on. We were chubby. We weren't gigantic. But everybody made us feel like we were weather balloons. Well, yeah. <laughs> I remember, Curo Grasso. Hey, fat ass. <laughs> Sometimes I thought fat ass was my real name. I thought my real name was Sporco Porco, Dirty Pig. Well, to be fair, you did go through that no bathing phase when you were fourteen. Well, yeah, that that I that I admit to, but you know, you can imagine how well that went over in our supportive family, where no one ever commented on one's looks or appearance. Yes, no, I don't have to imagine that. We were surrounded by love, yeah. love and light, love, All love the and time. light. <laughs> Usually, light coming in. <laughs> Police, what are those things, the police sirens on the top of the car when dad was being dragged home in the middle of the night? Yes, block out blinds to block out the love. (laughs) Well, we just couldn't get to all that love through all the hatred is all. Yes, that's very harsh, but true. Well, La and everyone else, all of our family is dead now. Mm -hmm. Our grandmother, our parents, our four siblings... Well, uh, not so fast in the four siblings bit. As it turns out, four was not all of our siblings. Well, that's right. And and since you brought it up, should we should we discuss the elephant in our room? Oh, like, it's always a fat joke with you, La. Always a fat joke. <laughs> <laughs> or should we discuss the rhinoceros in the room? 
for any of our listeners that happened to listen to us last season, you're going to remember that we were contacted by Tom Todd Van Gool. Van Gool. Van. Van Gool. Learn your soft vowels. Whatever they're wrote called. in, and he suggested that he was our father's bastard child, mm-hmm. with a, excuse me, illegitimate child, with a nun who was promptly dismissed from her order after her affair with our said father. Yeah, so because he heard about us on our podcast, he contacted us, we looked him up on Facebook, and then we actually talked on the phone with him. Yeah. We had very different, um, we came away with very different points of view on this, my brother-in-law and I. Well, you know, I was excited about it. And I don't know, how did you feel at first? Because I thought, oh, wow, maybe there's a, like a normal member. Maybe somehow right. a relative of ours is actually normal. And exactly. Maybe he has some money that we could borrow. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I was intrigued. And I actually felt like a, a, a like a swelling of my heart for my <laughs> new brother. Not to say I, you're not enough for me, but I, I was excited. Well, I was, I was too. And scared. Yeah, because it was. I mean, partly there was something about there being one sibling who actually didn't die. I mean, because we've had so much tragedy in our family. All of our siblings died horribly and young, relatively young. And uh, you know, to find out that one is still alive, there's almost something of a, I don't know, renewal or rebirth about it, right? I mean, that's how we felt at the beginning. But then we met him. Yeah. And well, in the moment he opened his voice, wow, it was our father. It was so. He was willing to take a DNA test, but when I, we saw him and we heard him, there's no doubt who he was. There's no doubt that he was our father's son. No, no. He looked exactly like him. But I don't know what voice you were doing just now to do our father, but he was more, that was not. Hello. I don't know. I remember he was like, Law, you fat thing. You fat things. My two little girls. Why can't I just have other kids? The kids like, like, why can't you be like Richard? You yep. know, the, the athlete. What the, what the, get away from me. Two little girls. And he would, he would just look at us. We wouldn't even have to do anything. Yeah. And he'd talk himself into a rage. <laughs> we just get that loud. There. There's something about our- look, at, look at the way he walks. Look at Why can't you? Can't you walk like a man, for Christ's sake? Well, because I'm five, Dad. And you walk out of the room and the other one comes in. (laughs) Always. It's like torture. Torture in stereo. So hearing Mr. Van Gool's voice, Van Van Gool's voice, it (laughs) freaked me out. It did. It really did. But it was like funny because you hear this voice coming out of a person who's being perfectly polite to you, a voice that has you've only heard saying terrible things to you. So it it was definitely a mind fuck law. I mean... And well, it was more than that because you know, after like a couple the pleasantries, he's like, "Oh, um, you know, did Dad?" And all of a sudden, I got jealous. Yes. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand. Did Dad? <laughs> did Dad? You mean Father? <laughs> did Father leave us any money? You know, he asked about the will, and I said, and we oh. both. <laughs> I said, "Oh, Father was frightfully bad about financial matters." <laughs> There was no, no money in the coffers whatsoever. Both of us actually burst out laughing. We did burst out laughing. 
and we thought that he knew that we were dirt poor, but it turns out because he, because we have a podcast, he thought we were rolling in the dough. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, how much does it cost to start a podcast? I mean, pretty much we're pirating somebody else's uh, internet, so it's not exactly like <laughs> a huge financial outlay to get this going. Um, yeah. So he was pretty, he had somehow got this idea that we had a lot of money, and um, that was definitely a red flag. Um, and we had to... We have to tell them there, there never was. Dad left us with all kinds of uh, debt and that we are still dealing with it to this day. <laughs> How about when he found out that where we lived, you still live there <laughs> <laughs> in that neighborhood, which I found another insulting thing to say. It was insulting. True, but, but insulting. Yeah. And then he kind of cooled. I mean, as soon yeah. as he found that there was no will, no money, it was like we were rejected again, <laughs> La. We were rejected again. Well, I think, you know, La, I, I still think I had a, a different take on it. Like, I, I did, I was, my, my hackles were a little up, my antenna were a little up because of the money thing. But I actually thought he was genuinely interested in finding out about us and about our lives and about Dad, right, which we had to pretty much lie through our teeth mostly i mean we talked about his health problems yeah oh what was it what was also nice when he goes oh you're oh you i can't even do his voice you're a writer um i never <laughs> read anything is that his, that is you that his wrote. voice at half speed line? and then and then he goes <laughs> he says, oh you're an actor how come i never saw you and he made this little joke yeah that's true and i didn't even you know get my usual I didn't have my usual angry reaction when attacked, when I attacked back. I just kind of felt shamed. Well, I don't know. How come you never saw me? Well, here I am in Schenectady, you know. Well, people usually ask yeah. you, though, you know, when they find that you were in Hollywood, they usually ask you what you were on, and you tell them, and they're kind of impressed, right? You were on Frasier, you were on Seinfeld, you were on The Golden Girls, and he didn't ask any of that stuff. Um, no, no. He, he did want to know something about Dad and, you know, what became of him. Um, I don't know. I, I got the sense that there was some genuine um, curiosity there, but you seem to have come away with feeling he was just a, a bit of a shyster. But boy, he couldn't have, he couldn't have pulled off that any other way. He was he looked just like Dad, sounded just like Dad. You know what? I wish I'd asked him. Did any, I don't know if you didn't even think of it either. Like, did Dad know about him, and did Dad try to was he in touch with them? Well, I never thought to ask him because. Because, I mean, Dad was not exactly the pillar of responsibility, you know? I mean, even if he did know about him, I'm sure he wouldn't try to contact him unless he was so disgusted by us that he wanted us to give him one more chance. <laughs> if he could be redeemed. But you know what made hurt yeah. my feelings a lot, I have to say? When what? You said, you know, it broke your heart, but what hurt my feelings is he talked about the guy, Mr. Von Gool, who raised him, who married his mother, pregnant, with somebody else's child, and they had such a close relationship. He, he had died a few years ago, and he had such a close relationship, and he said, you know, the father, the stepfather always treated him like he was his own. He never knew it. He never felt like he was any different than the other kids or anything like that, and they were always really close. He was clo you know, close to all the siblings and everything, and I thought, this is like an alternate universe for us. I know. He didn't appreciate when I said, you lucky bastard and he, said, <laughs> and he said he said bastard well i don't mean i don't mean bastard like you're i'm i was just speaking you know because we didn't have that relationship with our father i didn't mean to call you a bastard even though you were yeah you did have you did have that. just a poor choice of words so, <laughs> but he was a lucky bastard why couldn't 
why couldn't have that happened to us? I Maybe know. we would have been something. Maybe we would have been contenders. Can you imagine if she had left the nunnery or whatever, the, the order or whatever it was? Cloistery. The cloistery. And dad had gotten divorced from mom and married her. What a horrible life he would have had, that kid. Todd Von Gould. Oh, my God. That poor kid. That poor <laughs> bastard. <laughs> You listening, Todd? <laughs> I I would guess since there's no money involved, Todd's not listening anymore. Yeah, we're still. I've been speaking of which, we are trying to uh, get some. We're trying to get some sponsorships, so we really need our listeners. And we had, I think, 400 of them at the last count to subscribe to our podcast, to share our podcast with other people, and to please, please, please leave reviews, um, even if you don't like it, because you know sometimes bad reviews trigger people to listen. And write to us at <laughs> half alive at gmail dot com. We'll take anything at this point. We can't even get arrested. Half alive podcast at gmail dot com. Exactly. Half alive podcast yeah. at gmail dot com. Please. Why don't we say it a few a few more times and each time you start to say it, I'll interrupt you again <laughs> and talk over you. La, this has been my life. What do you think I'm surprised? Well, um, why don't we fill everybody in? And but I want—I do want to say, <laughs> now that I'm going to interrupt you, the yeah. time, do you remember how you interrupted me at our first communion? Yes. It, it was my turn to get the host of Jesus or whatever it was called for the first time, and you- Spit that out! Yeah, exactly. You like made a big joke out of it, and there's like 200 people in that church. And it was my my two seconds of actually like communing with the Lord, and 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 I was all shiny and polished up and everything, and you just had to ruin it, Lon. Yeah, well, you're the one who dropped it. <laughs> oh, I know. And that then was horrible. The yeah, whole and you church. told you told everybody that when I dropped it, it started to bleed. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Grandma's in the back of the church. Strunza, strunza, strunza. Yeah, Fazim. Yeah, we, what a party we were. Oh, God. So, so, anyway. So, I'm sure people want to know, like, how are we doing financially? <laughs> how's the, how's our employment situation since last time? So, I mean, we'll probably fill you in on that. Has there been any, there hasn't been any, like, huge, huge, you know, strides in the employment situation but we're well, still trying we're still trying and and you know i did notice a lot that a, another shutter blew off the house i mean it were that was hanging on by a thread and there's no way i'm getting up on a ladder to fix those things and even if i did i'm i try to i think it would probably just crumble right and they're well be you know why don't you try fixing the window with more duct tape before you worry about the the oh. shutters. You have to admit, duct tape is probably the best product ever manufactured, huh? It's the only home 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 fixing thing I know how to do. It's the only home improvement I know how to do is duct tape. But now we can't even afford duct tape. <laughs> well, we can't afford we can't afford the brand name duct tape. But I've gone to Dollar General and I've gotten the knockoff. And you know what, La? I kind of tell the difference. Can you? <laughs> It tastes just the same to me. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, oh, well, my. my brother's been actually been a little more successful than me. I am still looking. I do some, you know, side jobs on the side when I can. But I had a horrible Craigslist experience. Yeah. Well, tell us about. Um, tell us, Mister Home Health Aid, <laughs> new career. How did that go? Ex- 
exactly a home health aid. I mean, imagine you have to have experience and qualifications to do that, and you have to pass a background check. So this was actually, I, I, there was a Craigslist ad, and it, they just, it was just man who pretty much wanted a friend for his teenage son. Hmm. And I can do that. I'm a good. I'd be a good influence. You're such be a good like, listener, Lon. <laughs> well, everybody says so. I thought, you know, be like big brothers, little sisters, and maybe, and he's going to pay me? I mean, I'll just park the kid in front of his TV, and he can play his video games or whatever they do nowadays, and, you know, I'll play on my phone, and he can pay me. It'll be great. So I made an appointment, and I took the nine buses to Scotia. Scotia. Oh, for God's sake. I told you, take the number five to Scotia. It takes like 10 minutes. <laughs> I you took know nine that. buses. There's some reasons I can't go on some of those buses, oh, okay. which we won't get into. But okay. anyway, nothing dirty. Just I had a few tantrums there. Because <laughs> <sighs> people wouldn't listen to me, and I was just trying to help. But anyway, because you know me, I help people. I'm a helper. Yeah, you you are a lot. That's whether what... <laughs> people want it or not. I'm a helper. I was on Zach and anyway. You're getting a little hot Excuse there on the, on, on the levels, lot. Be a little careful. I'm sorry. Back I'm off sorry. when you're going to scream. Calm down. But anyway, yes. anyway. Um. So anyway, I took the I went to Scotia. It was actually a very nice house, but a little weathered. Mm-hmm. And um, I knock up on the door, and the, the the father opens the door and and looks at me sweating and out of breath, and uh, he goes, "Oh, uh, are you La?" I go, yes, I am. He brings me inside, and and he goes, "Come on, come on through here." And we walk through the house to get to the kitchen, and I'm looking like through the living room, and it's like, it's not. It was you could tell it was like. A hoarder didn't live there, but it was like somebody had a tantrum hmm. and was like threw things off the counter. There was a broken glass on the floor, and you know, okay, well, okay, well, whatever. There was a TV that had a big crack in it. Oh, jeez. And um, so we go into the kitchen, and the kitchen's pretty similar. And we sit down, and he says, "Well, you know, Ricky's a real emotional kid, and he's having trouble making friends, and." You know, my wife passed away a few years ago, and it's just the two of us. And you know, I really want to. Uh, um, he's not. He doesn't have any. Any. He's not autistic or anything. He's a normal kid. He's just emotional. And I said, okay, okay, okay. Just tell me how much it pays and what I got to do. <laughs> no, I was. I was polite. And um, he goes, well, you know. And I look, and there's like a hole in the wall. Uh-oh. And he goes, yeah, Ricky got angry, and he you know, put his fist through it, but he wouldn't do anything. And all of a sudden, I hear, boom, 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 like someone marching down the hallway, and in walks this kid. He was like 6'3", oh my God. 400 pounds of like, it, it wasn't, he wasn't like that. It was like, I don't know if it was muscle, but he was just gigantic. And he gets right in my face. He bends down nose to nose and stares at me with this like look. And the husband goes, oh, don't move. Don't don't move. He's just kidding. Right, right, Ricky, you're just kidding. Right, right, right. And he's just, he's just saying hi. I go, hello, Ricky. <laughs> How are you? And I, like, wet my pants a little bit. I literally wet my pants a little bit. And he's going, no, no, he's just kidding. And, and Ricky put his hand on my shoulder. I didn't know if he was going to rip my shoulder off. Shook it a little bit. And then just walked out of the room. Boom, 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 boom. God, it sounds like and Frankenstein's goes, monster. 
yeah and he goes but he seriously he's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with him he just likes to likes to play with people's minds a little oh so, good i didn't take the job <laughs> did you decline the position dear i declined the position and i was very upset that i didn't take the buses back home i have other and, offers i'm sorry i have to decline this position so currently i am just doing whatever i can to clean the lady's garage out for 60 dollars, which was oh. hard but i did it i raked somebody else's backyard of dog poop and i got a hundred dollars for that so That's i've been amazing. doing little someone would actually odd pay jobs. someone to do that law i mean yeah, yeah well we just yeah. leave it <laughs> Besides, oh by the way i've got three rescue dogs now Oh, I was going to say, if you can hear snoring, a dog snoring, that's mine. I've got one, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this one up, Law. He's awfully sweet. Well, I don't want people either to think that, you know, you know, we take these dogs in, because love is not enough when you rescue animals. No. We sacrifice our own anything to give them what they need and find them a home. We do. They get their vaccines. They mm-hmm. get, you know better food than we do and then we find them a home we do they're just loose in the streets here in schenectady yeah that's true it's kind of amazing there's like it's the wild west for dogs here yeah uh, but anyway so i've got three but so what's been going on with your employment well Mr. i have I'm a little bit uh, yeah i'm a little bit optimistic which i never am but i managed to get a teaching job teaching writing online that means i don't have to leave my bed i can teach from bed it's perfect. It is. I may never have to clean a public bathroom in a in a department store again the rest of my life. It is absolutely amazing. I mean, it hasn't, so what do you, hasn't what do you started have to do? yet. But, well, I, you know, yeah, she told me, well, I met this woman on an online, um, like one of those Facebook pages for writers and, and uh, had, I had posted the stuff that I had published and things like that. And she said, there it's connected to county community college the enrollment is way up they needed teachers and they were going to hire me and they needed to hire people you know um sight unseen so as long as you had the credentials um, wait no degree but you don't you don't have a degree well <laughs> does that matter does it matter <laughs> wow. i feel suddenly like you're judging me <laughs> no i'm not did you lie did you say you had well, a degree I, I figure that with all the life experience I have, I have earned a degree. You know what I mean? I've not technically gone to college. But don't you think? I mean, they give you life credit sometimes for, for college. So and you're she, hired? Well she, well, she asked for the transcripts. And I said, well, you know, the college that I went to was a private college in um, North Dakota. And it went out of business. It, it's, and it's <laughs> Perfect. And she, and she went for it. So I said, you know, I'll, I, I'll try to get the transcripts but i just don't know how i would get them since they don't operate anymore and i thought and i you and know global I actually warming, looked that up before um you know i talked to her the second time to look for places that had gone belly up and <gasps> it was a brilliant idea but I, yeah i mean i'm teaching you know basic writing how how much what do you need to know to teach writing right it's just anybody can do it so and plus i'm a i'm a I'm a professional writer, and I'm a published writer, so I figured I can do it. And she said it's like a course in a box. You just open it up and do the assignments. You know, the kids see the assignments, and they do them, and you grade them. So it's going to be, sounds like it's going to be a piece of cake. And guess what? Yeah, what? 4500 per course. 
$4,500. Seashells, La. Seashells. (laughs) La, that's more money than we've seen in ever. Well, I'm telling you. Holy moly, bajoli. Well, don't don't go crazy because you're going to go crazier. She gave me two sections. Two sections. What do you? What does that mean? Well, that mean? means two courses. That means. Oh my God! That's eight thousand dollars. That's nine thousand dollars. Nine thousand dollars. La. It's a good thing we don't teach math, huh? Yeah. Oh my God! When do you get it? Well, you know, you get it paid every two weeks, but you know, the semester starts in January, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be. It's going to be a little bit of a. I don't know. For us, it's going to be a windfall, right? And oh my, that's so exciting! La. This has to be the biggest secret ever. <laughs> it is. Um, you, since you, I had to use my real name so they don't know that I'm doing this podcast, I hope. And um, But I'm going to be a great teacher. I'm going to be supportive and all the blah, blah, blah things you're supposed to be and, you know, give the just kids. Just give everybody an A so that they, it doesn't matter if they, yeah. they're good or bad. Just make them love you, La. That's exactly Make right. them love you. That's our motto here at the La household. Make them love you. Exactly. So I'm 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 really excited about this. La, I feel like I've gotten away with something after all those years of working in a freaking you department. You know why shouldn't you? Bloody bathrooms are so disgusting and dealing with the public and other workers. And, and now I'm home by myself in my bed, unwashed. <laughs> It's your turn, and you know the kids. The kids can't see me. It's asynchronous, which means that you know they do. They check into the course and do the work whenever they want to. They never see me, so they don't know (laughs) the job of the hut is on the other side of that screen. It's finally your turn, Lodge. Your turn to sparkle. My turn. Diana Ross never had it so good, did she? Wow, this is fabulous. And, you know, we have more good news. We do. We do. At the start of a new season, we have a huge, as we say in Schenectady, huge announcement to make. (laughs) That's right. For those of you who are familiar with our podcast, in season one, we talked about an article each week that Mm -hmm. dealt with how to keep being an artist, even if you have to do something else to make a living. Following your bliss into economic oblivion, we called it. No more. We're trying to inspire people, La. Sorry, my brother La is right. We found inspirational posts each week that gave us some hope that there are lots of people out there like us creating our art, writing, acting, whatever form it takes, even if it gets little acknowledgement. Yeah, I mean, look at the actor's strike that happened. A lot of those people were in real financial trouble because even though they're working in an industry as Mm -hmm. day players like I used to be and writers and extra and whatever, definitely not rich people, despite working for the biggest shows on TV. That's right. And even if they were making a good living, you know, no one ever knows who the writers are, right? Nobody looks at Mary Tyler Moore and says, oh, look, you know, or Cheers or Friends or anything like that and says, oh, that was written by... Right, the drama that finally made you understand all your childhood drama, like all the wasted years chasing answers that didn't exist. <laughs> Movies like Bambi, Showgirls. <laughs> That's very I was, funny. I was thinking of Law and Order Law. That was that was, reminded me of my childhood. We were no, always Showgirl, on trial. Showgirls changed my life. It was. Well, you know, it, it would. You were brilliant in that, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, 
<laughs> I was in that. You can look for me. I was in I know many of the strip it. the strip scenes. I'm like, I didn't even know how to throw money at them. I remember they put me like right in the front one time, to, 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 and I had a wad full of fake money and was supposed to give it, but I didn't know what to do with it. And somebody says, he's never been in a strip <laughs> joint before. And I said, yes, I was. And I got in a huge fight, and they put me in the back, but I still got paid. <laughs> you said, no, I've been in a bathhouse, but I have been in a strip joint. <laughs> I've never it's been basically the same thing other than to get clean. Oh, really? Uh, yes, I'm <sighs> sure you've been to Japan many times, La. Anyway, I wanted to say that those articles that we found last season were very useful. They we managed to inspire us, and we're hardcore cases, right? And you got an yeah. acting gig as a result of this podcast. You know, the inspiration that we took from our own podcast, and I got published That's again. That's true. That's true. We, we wouldn't have even bothered to try if we hadn't been doing this podcast. The brain spawn of you, Ex- my dear brother, Lot. Ah, thank you. So the big, the big news, news is this season we are going to do actual interviews with actual human beings on the topic of surviving your art economically. That's right. And I don't know if we can manage to do it every episode, but we're going to try to get as many writers and actors, who knows who else, and we'll find out how they stick with it after all these years. When We actually have a others... number of people lined up for the season. Sorry right. to interrupt you, Law. Go ahead. Well, no, I just want to say, I mean, we how many years did we kind of drop out? It was like 15 years that, that we just dropped time. out in depression and horrors yeah. when there's other people that kind of kept kicking around. And these are the people that we hope will inspire you and inspire us to just put on our big boy, big law pants and keep going. <laughs> I wish the I big had. Lop I pants. wish I had fat pants for when I got fat law. <laughs> the fact is, we were so unprepared just for this keep getting bigger. enormous amount of weight gain that we yeah. had in the last 15 years. That, yeah. But we could never afford to buy new clothes. <laughs> so, no. Lana, I just keep. I, there was one pair of pants, talk about duct tape. I just split down the side of one uh, each leg from my waist down, and I kind of hold it together with uh, duct tape on each side. Yep. And, you know, we anyway. are. That's, you know, people want to know why we don't want to leave the house and why we're embarrassed and everything. But. To be serious, you know, obviously, it's, there's a certain amount of shame with going out of the house and being that enormous, even in Schenectady. And so oh. it takes a lot of mental, I don't know, energy or something to, to you know, get out of the house and actually do something and, and be seen in public. Anyway, um, I'm not going to apologize for our size. What I'm going to say is that we don't actually have a, an interviewee for this particular episode that we're doing right now. But I have, as an intro for next week, because we do have an interviewee, um, I found a piece that uh, sort of goes along with what we're talking about here. It's um, in honor of my brother, La, who has and is currently performing in, since it's the holiday season, an equity production of The Christmas Carol at the Egg Theater in Albany this winter. A, A Christmas Carol, not The Christmas Carol. Is it really? Huh. Yes, it's it's the it's it's a Christmas Carol because it's so far off what the actual story is, but it oh. still has the ghost and everything. And that is my Christmas miracle, like your Yay. miracle of working for the college. This is my Christmas. So, La, a, a Christmas Carol will excuse me a thousand times. You know, La, I never I never actually contradict you or correct you when you say Walmart's. Or when I when you say pri- or, or, or Kmart's when you used to say that they used to annoy me. I haven't said Kmart's since they closed. How very dare you! Just read the article, law. All right. So this is from and the I, at, what? 
No, I'm going to try to really take it seriously because now no, I'm mad. I thought you were choking on <laughs> something. I started talking there. <laughs> choking on some dog food because like, we can't afford real food because you haven't been paid yet. That's true. I haven't been paid yet. And we do only buy the quality food for our dog. I, I will buy food for myself at, at you know the Dollar General and places like that. But not for the doggies. Anyway, so this is an article from the Acting Studio Chicago website, and it's called Five Reasons Why Theater is Still Important. And let's just go through let's go through them you know quickly because we're um, getting long on time here. But the first one is theater helps us to see a different perspective from our own. Now, notice that none of these have anything to do with making money. So you do it because you love it, and, and you're not a failure because you've never made any money. So theater helps us to see a different perspective from our own. So what does that mean, Law? Because I have no you idea. Know what, <laughs> you know what pops into mind right now? What? Okay. I think it helps us to see a different perspective as an actor mm-hmm. and also as an audience member. As an actor... You know, I'm not a murderer. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I haven't. Not yet. But Some... I have to get in the perspective of, mur- of a murderer's mind yes. to play the role of a murderer. Yes. And it may be somebody who's far removed from anything I am, but I have to try to find some kind of emotional connection to a murderer's, you know, maybe murderer was a bad example, but I have to get inside the mindset of the character I'm playing, which broadens my own perspective. Yeah, I agree. And as an and I audience don't think, member... Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. murder is wrong, because remember we saw that when you were in L.A., we saw that production of... I can't remember the, the name of it. it was the, where the woman. Oh, was that the was other. the one where they, they murdered Bob Barker or something <laughs> on Price is Right. It was this, but I it was actually not bad. Walt Disney murders his brother. Something like that. Wasn't it that? wasn't... It was like... It had its moments. Yeah, it was... But... You got the sense but, but of a, why the murderer was, you know, like anybody could do it if they're just pushed the right way. And that's the thing. If you're, as an audience way. member too, I mean, you you say you're say you're say you're the most bigoted person in the world, but this is a good movie, and you're following a character of a of a, of somebody that you're very prejudiced against. But that person's the lead character, very sympathetic, and you're kind of drawn in. Suddenly you yeah. start to realize that, hey, wait a minute, maybe I'm wrong, and they have feelings. Yes, and related to that, the second thing they say in this article is theater reminds us that we are not alone. So if you do identify with the protagonist, right, there mm-hmm. it is. Somebody's actually written a play, and there's a bunch of people watching it, and there the protagonist is living your, is, uh, you know, acting out your your truth, yeah. I like this other one, actually. Theater is immediate, evolving, and always different. Yes. And since this is about theater and not a movie, I can tell you that the the moment I had when I saw a little bit of theater and I kind of just was blown away by by this moment. I don't even know if I can explain what happened but it was this play where there was a a monk who was going to burn himself alive as part of the play it was a historical play based in the 60s and during the the vietnam war and there was this monk that was going to burn himself in protest and you know he's sitting cross-legged on the floor 
and there was a bottle of what was supposed to be gasoline right next to him. And I'm watching it. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's it? they're probably going to just, he's going to pour it over his head and they're going to cut or something and it, it'll go black. You, you know, because there's no way they could even get close to anything like this. It's not a movie. But So he pours the, what was supposed to be gasoline over his head. And I was waiting for the lights to go black, but they didn't. Underneath him and the stage were all these like colored lights and a fan. Mm -hmm. And the lights started going like the color of fire and the fan went up and all of his robe that you didn't realize when you were watching him, it was all like cut into shreds. So the, the fan blew the shreds up in the air and oh, they were spinning amazing. Yeah. and the lights were going. And it was one of the most incredible things I ever saw. And I thought, anything is possible and i thought what does it take to get this moment you've got the actor you've got the designer the the the, the costumer you've got the lighting person you've got and everybody in that moment is in is concentrating on the same thing creating this beautiful moment and, I thought, and that's what i want to do <laughs> whether mama. it wants me or not that's what i, I want to be a part of that mama i want to get on the stage <laughs> mama <laughs> Fat culo, culo fat, <laughs> culo grasso, culo grasso. <laughs> Shut up. Two girls. I got two girls. <laughs> I do hear those when I get those moments of inspiration. Those are the I words know, right? that those, I hear to keep holding yeah, me back. Yeah, the ghosts are always always ready to jump and stomp it out. But you're right. And I remember watching um, when I was living in New York City. I managed to get a ticket to both uh, versions, both. Um, acts is that what it was of parts of angels in america and they were both like three or four hours long because they wanted to have cheap tickets available at the very end if it didn't sell out for people i think with aids or people you know gay guy, gay people who didn't have um money and so i managed to get to see this and there's actually a scene where the angel explodes through the ceiling of the of the uh, guy's apartment and they you know, you know it's not really happening, but it was so amazing. It was so startling to see this. And the whole thing was um, this is sort of like this visual, almost visual buffet because there was, you know, people don't like theater because they find it very boring. It's too talky. And it was, this was like just constantly evolving, you know, constantly immediate. And, and I never expected the next thing. All of a sudden, Ethel Rosenberg is showing up, you know, and Roy, you know, Roy Cohn and all these other people. And uh, wow. it was just it was just incredible anyways what's the next one? i Live do wish theater. i had been able to see that i well, i know i could have taped it for you and if i had had a phone in those days <laughs> thrown out of the theater patty patty lupone starts screaming at you <laughs> yes the theater is sacred asshole don't you remember when patty lupone <laughs> made ethel rosenberg in angels in america <laughs> goodbye <Hey. laughs> to blueberry pie <laughs> Oh, wait, I've got the wrong song. Um, so live theater helps to promote social discourse, dialogue, and potential social change. Well, we could get more than that then. We could be more I, I exemplary have of that than Angels in America, but go ahead. Well, I, I and I also, um, I heard something sometime that when people are aware of something, like when good people are aware of something and when good people see something, they have to make a choice. They either do something or they ignore it. And it's yeah. really hard for right. good people to ignore something, which, so if, and I think a lot of the social change in, in this past century has come through the arts and movies and theater because it, it, it does everything we're talking about. Yeah, it, lets, yeah. it makes people see a different perspective. And once good people 
see this, they have to act. Or at least they or not. might change their mind, right? At least it makes right. them think about something. And the last one is theater promotes education and literacy. Now, I know you're thinking, <laughs> the last two people on earth <laughs> I'm going to take advice from about education and literacy are the Law Brothers. But we two got something we to lack. say. What's that? <laughs> Well, two things we lack. Well, you're literate. You're more literate than I am, obviously. Well, you know how to read and write, right? Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad speller. But here's the deal. I know my shortcomings. And I, and I try to, you know, uh, 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 I use a spell check and I look at things before I send an email. All right, but what does that have to do with theater promotes education? <laughs> I don't know. Well, theater promotes that well because you don't want to look like some kind of dope up there. You got to know something. I don't know. This one, this one escapes me because I'm not educated and I'm not literate. Well, what it's I think you. it means is that it, you know, the people who watch it, right? It requires a certain kind of concentration and a certain kind of suspending of disbelief. So, and you have and you have to go looking for theater. It's not like you turn on the TV and there, you know, there's a show or anything like that. So I can see where this is uh, not for necessarily hoity-toity people, but it's for people who, um, you know, who like, and you know, who, who like to consume literature, you know, people who like to consume books, they like to consume theater, they like consume mu music, um, and it uh, gets, like we said in the last one, it gets people to think, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking is not exactly my brother-in-law's long suit. I'm but. sorry. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, la. What are we going to do? Uh, so anyways, before we go, we need to let our listeners know what attempts we've made with our own artistic ventures since last season. Like I said earlier, I got published online and I made $15. No, that's so, way more than 88 cents, La. That's true. And La, why don't you just very quickly, we've already talked about the egg, but why don't you tell you're it's Christmas season, you're performing, you're going out every night and doing these shows for a live okay. audience. How's it going? Well, we actually probably should have spent a little more time on this rather than my employment history of, of, of cleaning poop out of women's backyards or cleaning out garages. <laughs> All right, well, here's your time. <laughs> Here's All right, I'm going to try to do it fast. So anyway, we'll, we'll we'll talk about more about this in future episodes because it's happening right now. Yes, it now. is. It's so, Christmas time in the city. Even though we've been poor and everything that's happened for the past 15 years, I kept my dues up on the uh, on my equity card just because I couldn't let it go on my SAG card. I wasn't working, but I just couldn't let him go. So because of our show and law pushing me, we did see that they were having auditions at the egg and I and I actually got an equity part and a great equity part in Christmas Carol. Yay. I am the ghost of Christmas present. The guy who's like got all the good food and the good fun and you I, I come on laughing and it's a musical and problem is I'm so out of shape, <laughs> and it's so hard to get there because of the buses to get all the way to Albany. To get La, I told you, there's one bus to get to Albany. And I told jet. you, there's reasons I can't get on every bus. But anyway, <laughs> by the way, there's a lot of bus drivers who we went to school with and remember us, and I have to go through the whole, oh, hello, How could La, they recognize us now? You're going to sing like, for us? We're yeah, well, 60 years old. Anyway, it... It's going well. I'm having a blast, but Yay. the problem is it's a little hard for me because I'm out of shape. And 
more on that to come but it is so exciting and it feels so good well, what's to be the doing what's the audience like, what's the show. love like i mean you must be getting a lot of love because it's um well when i when i take the bows mm-hmm. i have this whole thing where i pretend that that oh i was in such a trance I wasn't aware there was an audience. So I have this thing where I, I kind of bow and then I then I open my eyes and look at the audience like, oh. Oh, you're here? Were you here? <laughs> was there someone here? You are a method was actor. I, I was just, I was, I, it was like this was real. It was a dream. Oh, please, please. I was channeling. I, please. I was just Lick channeling other people's words. I wasn't really doing anything. Mr. Dickens? Mr. Dickens? <laughs> And they get a pole, uh, and, they, and a and a big um, what do you call it? A harpoon? <laughs> harpoon a hook? A harpoon? Harpoon? <laughs> harpoon Christmas present and drag them off. Wait a minute! <laughs> and then Ma, I try to must... give a speech, but I'm not the star of the show. You must be loving it though when you come out for the for the or whatever it is when you come out for the bow. Well, how the, um, was I la? You can tell everyone how I was. You were. I'm gonna say this without any irony or joking or anything. My brother-in-law is a natural. He's a natural comic actor. You took a part that could be pretty deadly, and you made it. Um, you gave it some real rhythm and a little bit of you know like it was it was just lighter than it usually is and you You're remembered i mean you just the fact that you can remember all those lines is amazing to me because i can't remember i can't remember anything so you know the fact that well, we're at our age and you memorized everything didn't miss a beat didn't miss any of your what do they call marks or anything like that on the stage um I I was You're totally impressed, and you were funny, and and I will say, Law, that you were you have been funny. And I'm going to go back before because it's still playing. It's playing even after Christmas, so. Um, yeah, and I got it, it. It really made me believe in this podcast more because, for some reason, the 15 years that we were just sitting here being miserable, it just feeds your soul and i I had to get over the heartbreak of not being able to do this professionally and make not professionally i did it professionally but not being able to make a living at it not being able to make a living at it was such felt like such an enormous failure right right. and kind of working through that in this podcast and realizing the joy i get just by doing it I had it, it, I had tears in my eyes, La. Yeah. I had tears in my eyes when you came thing. out for your for your call or whatever it's called. We you took your bow because you were just good, and you know and, I wouldn't say that lightly because <clears throat> well, we're not you, like La. that. <laughs> and this is the point of our podcast, people listening to us. We want you to find the joy, and I'm not I'm I'm being funny now because the moment, but it's true. We want you to find that joy and continue that joy right up until you're in the casket yeah <laughs> i especially liked la when you when you realized that the audience was there and you did that you had that moment of oh. transformation and then tiny tim came out and you gave him a little kick in the ass <laughs> shut up get up little rat this is my moment well he was i mean that kid is definitely overacting i mean he's the little entitled boy uh, um, he's a good kid, though. Yeah, he's a good kid. Do you know his brother died of an actual limp like that? It got all infected. <laughs> it. It's true. <laughs> he died of a limp. That's why he got the part. And he, he gave this wonderful because he was he dedicates the show each night to his brother who died of a, of a limp. Right. No, it wasn't a limp. It was I it turned into gangrene. I think it's time we have to say goodbye, La. <laughs>
<laughs> well, and before remember, somebody please, dies of please, a hangnail. You've got to write us. Write us at halfalivepodcast at gmail.com. What is it, half alive uh, Half-Alive Comcast. <laughs> halfalivepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, write us at questions, whatever, and we're going to have a guest next we week. We are going to have a guest next week. We are so excited. We're going to have a number of guests this coming season. And um, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays, everybody. Bye, La. Bye, La.